I'm Rachel. And I'm Becky. This is Rachel and Becky Just. <laughs> we have some notes about your favorite things. Don't add us. We have notes of, well, is it your favorite? It's some people's favorite thing. what we say. We make a joke about the thing that we have notes on. So many notes. Well, okay. What did we watch? (laughs) Okay, so we are doing a double feature in this episode of The Old Guard, uh, which is a Netflix original movie, and Palm Springs, which is a Hulu original movie. Um, We don't remember how this podcast works. (laughs) We haven't recorded one in months. Okay, so here's the thing. The world ended, and we... Stop. So, okay, so here's the thing. The podcast is always a fun way for us to hang out. We don't watch media. We just, I watch YouTube videos and Becky plays Phoenix Wright games. By the way, big update. I got Becky addicted to Phoenix Wright on a new level that I've never even observed. It's amazing. Um, But now that it's, uh, it's not quarantine anymore, but it kind of is quarantine forever. So now we just live together 24 hours a day, every single day of the week. We haven't been not in the same apartment for like five months. That's not true. I went to the dentist. It's true. For one hour, Rachel left the apartment. Yeah. So you've had one hour to yourself since March. Uh, it's great. Becky works in the living room. I work in the living room. Um, actually, we're getting along fine. Yeah. No, we, we get along fine, but we no longer have the need to like pick a time that we're going to spend together and then yeah. watch a thing and record a thing because there is no time that we do not spend together. Well, and there's also, I have no brain for taking in new information. Yeah. Like, we watched both of these movies in the last couple of weeks, and for the four months before that, every time it was like, we could watch something, I was like, or I could just watch Nailed It again, and also I could just watch this Drew Gooden YouTube video for three hours. YouTube is like, would you like to watch something new? Would you like to watch this? This seems relevant to your interests. And I'm like, no, YouTube. I want to watch the same goddamn video I've already watched four times. Just let me not take in any new information. All new information is bad. And I just play Phoenix Wright games. It's honestly true, although now I'm playing a JRPG that takes up 80% of my day. So basically what we're saying is, we don't remember how this podcast works, and we don't remember anything about the movies we watched. It's our podcast and ten people listen to it, so we're good. Yeah. So this is gonna be fun. Yeah. Let me make sure it's recording, you know, all the very professional things that we, we definitely know how to do. I think that's that looks recording-ing. Yeah, cool. could be. Okay, so we watched two movies. Uh, both came highly recommended by friends and fandom. Um, spoiler, I loved one and didn't like one. I loved one and was pretty neutral on one. Yeah. So, uh, just so that you can... I don't know. You should... You should so, you should watch Palm Springs. Palm Springs is wonderful. And we will talk about why in a little bit. Becky doesn't remember anymore, but I do. It was great. Excuse me. And then um, we watched The Old Guard, which... If it's a move, If you like that particular kind of action movie, you should go watch The Old Guard. If you are eh, on action movies or gritty things or superpowers of any kind, which is Rachel then you should not watch it. See, I don't think that's fair because I do like action movies. You do like action movies. This was just the wrong kind of action movie. It was dark and gritty, brutal torture porn 
action movie. And one of the reasons it really doesn't work for me, and we'll get into this, is that it was sold to me as, like, queer rom-com immortality Charlize Theron would be super hot like it'll be great and then I watched it and I was like well I guess technically all those things are in it but no so anyway uh you should watch Palm Springs just if if you enjoyed the old guard very much that's cool and it is for very many people it just wasn't for me personally we're gonna talk about why yeah um but what's really interesting is that these movies they have a main character in the old guard it's Niall (laughs) and in Palm Springs it's Niles and they're both sort of trying to do a twist on a formula, um, and they both ha- are, are with Palm... Uh, are you okay? I, I'm doing great. <laughs> the Old Guard is expectedly uh, speculative. It kind of is part and parcel of it, as you know that there's going to be some kind of magic something. Well, it's based and, on a comic book. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and... Which is why I didn't like it, presumably. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and Palm Springs is unexpectedly speculative. Um, yeah. you can go into it thinking you're just gonna get a straight rom-com, and spoiler, we are gonna spoil both of these movies, it is a Groundhog's Day, like, trapped in a time loop speculative story, which was unexpected and really cool. It's wonderful. You should, before we spoil anything for Palm Springs, if you have any interest in rom-coms, Andy Samberg, Groundhog Day stories that are not problematic in the way that... So Groundhog Day is, like, inherently a little problematic. I love that movie. I've watched it many, 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 many times. If you, like me, get to the end of the movie and they kiss and then you think, but isn't a little icky that he spent centuries learning about her and everything she likes and she has no idea then Palm Springs might be the movie for you because they solve that problem uh you should go watch it before you listen to this because we're going to talk about it and it's really good and you should just go enjoy it yeah um okay so let's start with the old guard okay didn't like it I I know you did full fucking stop and I felt like I was taking crazy pills because everyone I know online except except two two big exceptions was like, oh my god, I'm so happy they finally made a movie just for me that's so romantic and wonderful. And I'm just like, what are you watching? Did I watch the wrong movie? Yeah, I was neutral on it. Like I said, I wanted to like it a lot. There were things that I liked about it. I wish that it had lightened up on the on everything about 50%. (laughs) I wish there had been at least 50% less gore and 50% less taking itself really seriously. It took itself extremely Um, seriously. And then I think I would have really, really liked it instead of being pretty neutral on it. Okay, so the uh, one-minute summary, the old guard, I'm saying that right, I keep wanting to call it the old ones, but I think that's a Vampire Diaries bad guy. Maybe it's the first ones. The originals. The original. Yes, <laughs> you are correct. I don't know what I'm thinking. I feel like the old ones might be uh, Lovecraft. It could be anything. So the old guard. Yes. Um, they are basically super soldiers led by Charlize Theron, who is an ancient Greek goddess. They can't die. You can shoot them in the head. They spit the bullet out. Well, their big superpower is they run into a room. <laughs> so this is their strategy with every fight they go into. This is actually really funny, but it's not meant to be. They run into a room. They get shot. They, they fall get down. Killed. Everybody, like, kicks the bodies to make sure they're dead. And then when they walk away, they jump to their feet and shoot them in the back. That appears to be their only strategy. They do this so many times 
and it's like, guys, you it's could try really going funny. in and not getting yeah, shot right off the bat. Stealth <laughs> at all, <laughs> but they haven't. They just they go in, Six they get shot years. and killed. They wake back up, and then they shoot everyone instead of just going in and shooting everyone. Yeah. So, um, because it's sort of a gritty espionage movie, they get hired to do a job. Uh, the job turns out to be a lie. Their handler turns out to be trying to turn them in so that they can be dissected so that Martin Shkreli can figure out what played by um, 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 Dudley from Harry Dudley Potter. Dudley from Harry Potter. I was like, not Neville. Neville's great. Uh, is going to like use their DNA to cure everything. Everything. Um, and also they've, there's a new girl who has just discovered she's immortal when she gets murdered but then doesn't die and everybody treats she's a marine and everybody's like, oh, that's weird. You didn't die. And then Charlize Theron shows up and basically kidnaps her into the group uh, the thing everybody loves about it is that two of the members of the group are gay and in love. They're, like, super in love, and I really enjoy that. They are immediately kidnapped and separated from the main story, and you barely get to see them at all. So, uh, great job on your Arthur Eames fan fiction that they are barely in the movie or in It's fine. Um, <laughs> wow. The, the, I'm, not, I, I'm not, I don't disagree, but that was, your that, was some Coulson. Old, that was some old Inception shade. <laughs> You're Clinton Coulson. They do actually speak to each other. They are canonically in love, so that's a step up. They have, like, one and a half scenes together where they are just tied to hospital beds being tortured, and they can't die. So they're just tortured and tortured and tortured and tortured and tortured. Yay, I love this movie. Um, so the new girl, her name is Niall. Uh, she is black. Charlize Theron is the leader. She is Charlize Theron. She's Greek. She's you you know all of those ancient Greek white ladies, but she's very hot. Excuse me, the cat is trying to steal my chair. Um, so it's cool that there is a female lead as the grizzled vet. It is cool. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> the cat has now successfully stolen Rachel's chair. Uh, Rachel had to get up. The cat was <laughs> did not. Yeah, well, who won? Who's in the chair now? Me. We'll see how long that lasts. (laughs) It's cool that the um, audience insert new girl is a young black woman instead of the generic white guy. Um, They have been betrayed by one of their boring white guy members. Uh, They go into a building to shoot everybody. It turns out Charlize Theron might not actually be immortal anymore because it wears off completely randomly with no rules about when you become mortal again. Uh, And then they rescue everybody. And at the end of the movie... Uh, there's a stinger where Charlize Theron's dead girlfriend is back. Uh, in the most horrible thing I've ever watched in a movie, uh, her immortal girlfriend during the Salem witch trials or something was locked in an Iron Maiden and dropped into the ocean. And we know that everyone can feel her wake up, drown, and die screaming over and over. And they show you this and they really spend a nice long lingering time on it. So when I say it's just like gritty torture porn... Uh, There are very few jokes. No one has a real discernible personality except for being gay. Uh, Everybody's angry all the time. Everybody's very, like, dark and moody and serious. And it didn't work for me at all. So that's the short version of The Immortals. The Old Guard. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's what I called it. Um, yeah. So I, like I said, if this movie took itself 50% less seriously and was 50% less gritty, I think I would have really liked it. I think what we both wanted was a team movie where you have a team of people who interact and like each other and maybe quit. I love a team. I would watch Leverage. Leverage the Immortals. I would watch Immortal Leverage forever. I mean, you can't prove to me that Elliot's not immortal. That's a good point in Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So I think that would have really helped, but because the team is separated immediately, the the two queer men get kidnapped and are just tortured for a long time, and then the other white guy is the traitor, and so he's separated from Charlize Theron when she's kidnapped, and then Niall had decided maybe she's just gonna leave, but then she doesn't, and she comes back, and she, she helps save them, but, like, there's not a lot of time spent on the team interacting, Yeah. so even though they have centuries and centuries of history, it doesn't... It feels like that in the setup scene, and then it never really feels like that again. You, you get Nikki and Joe saying, like, oh, he's a crusader, and I'm a Muslim, and we murdered each other a whole bunch of times before we realized we were in love, and that is the closest thing to... I don't want to say a joke, but to a light-hearted romantic moment, except for when they get tortured, one of the bad guys sneeringly says, what is he, like, your boyfriend? And the slightly hotter one goes, he's not my boyfriend. He is the love of my life. And gives a very impassioned speech. And if there had been more of that, I would have enjoyed it. Those are literally the only two moments I remember yeah, well, being like, oh, a movie. At the very beginning, when they're like, oh, we brought Charlize Theron, uh, like, a, a snack, and they have, like, she tries to identify every flavor in it based on all the places she's been in her life, which is literally everywhere. I was like, oh, that's interesting. These are people who have history. And then they're immediately separated, and we don't really see the team being a team. We just see individual people. So that was one thing. Yeah. Um, a big thing for me that would have improved it would have been if the action sequences were more exciting. Yeah. Like, we well, walk into a room, get, get murdered, <laughs> die, get back up, <laughs> spit out a bullet, and then shoot some people. What is not exciting about watching that four times in a row? I just feel like in, in the age of some of the really exciting, like, Netflix uh, Marvel shows where they did a lot of really interesting fight choreography, like, we know you can do that on a Netflix budget, um, and, like, it's not fair to compare whatever budget a Netflix movie has to, like, a big budget action movie, yeah, yeah. but I think that these action sequences, they didn't do anything that I found particularly interesting or exciting or intriguing they were just kind of by the numbers fight sequences that start with your main characters getting shot and then getting back up every single time and like the the, th the thing that would have been really clever and creative i thought they did a good job at the end with the throwing herself out the window to take the guy with her to kill him which was correctly very obviously set up like as soon as you see the way the room is laid out and the glance out the window you know what's going to happen but they didn't use the character's immortality particularly well other than that moment um so that that was and like they weren't they weren't bad i was honestly playing phone games through a lot of them so maybe there was yeah, something really exciting I that i missed playing but a lot i of don't phone games. think so i well almost immediately right like it was kind of boring and gory at the beginning and so i was like i'm gonna play on my phone and then you get to the extended sequence learning about how they've like this woman has been murdered and tortured eternally and i was like i was texting um my friend, and I was like, well, this is where I would turn it off if we weren't watching it because everybody else seems to enjoy it. And at that moment, I became very devoted to my find the hidden picture phone game <laughs> that I was playing uh, because I just didn't want to be watching it anymore. Um, it also uh, had some questionable morality. Yeah, well, so it felt to me like it was trying to say something deep about the nature of life but it never actually got there. It's like reading a, a film student's first screenplay <laughs> where they think that they're really smart and insightful and they're actually like, you took a couple philosophy classes, bro. Um, it, it felt like, because there's this whole, 
there's the whole thread running through it about Charlize Theron isn't immortal anymore, and there's not really an explanation for for why and whatever. That's fine. It's extremely but it strange. wanted to say something about like, is, is she tired of life? Is it because there's a new life? Is it because she's resigned herself to not caring about life anymore? Does not appear to unclear. be unclear. So one of the things that really bugs me is the lack of. Um, rules in a universe like if you're gonna set up a universe a magical universe and whatever universe you need rules right so that the audience can feel tension right we know when this rule is broken then they could die like silver bullets for werewolves or whatever the fuck kills a vampire stake through the heart sure baseball in a lightning storm no that didn't kill them they just played baseball and had a nice time it was a nice time uh but there's basically you're told oh yeah there was one other immortal but he just died one day and or she or he 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 He. just died one day and when Niall is like but why everybody goes oh we don't know uh and then at one point they all get shot several times and they die and they get up and it's absolutely fine and Charlize Theron is incredibly uh blasé and nonchalant about it but then later one of them gets shot and she like grabs him and shakes him and starts like shouting you're not gonna leave me this time we're all gonna get through it you've gotta come back you can't just leave me here and he wakes up and he's fine there's no explanation for why she felt like that time he might be dying when earlier with Niall was like oh my god what if this plane crashes Charlize was like yeah we'll walk away we can't die she was completely blasé about the idea of dying, then suddenly very upset about the idea of dying, then completely blasé about the idea of dying again. Then you find out that she's dying? But then she doesn't die. That's the <laughs> yeah. end of the movie. Like, at the as, as they are going into their last final assault, you realize, the characters realize that, like, oh my god, Charlize has been stabbed and she's still bleeding. She's not healing. This could be it. She might be dying. And you're like, oh, okay, that might be some good tension. No, she's fine. She just limps a little bit and then the the movie ends and she's fine. Yeah, so there's that. And then there's... Oh, but the morality, I was saying, sorry. So they make a big deal out of Niall being like, I don't just want to murder people. And they've been murdering people left and right, right? They've just been mowing these soldiers down with guns and knives and scythes and axes and guns and a lot of of death. A lot of people get absolutely brutally fucked up. A lot of blood spatters, lots of bone crunching noises. Like, that's where I I tap out. Like, that's when I say I want 50% less grit, that's the kind of thing I mean. I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, it wasn't, like, so that wasn't for me. That's, that's not my genre. I'm into the fast and the furious where the man and his lizard jump out of the truck and everybody's fine um i believe that's fast and furious uh but then you find out that the evil scientist no well their handler who works with the evil side doesn't matter has like a giant like court board conspiracy board where he's been tracking them all these years and it turns out that sometimes they rescue people and then three generations later those people cure diabetes or become a nobel peace prize winner so actually you are sort of told by this narrative it's cool that they have murdered so many people because when they rescue someone that person goes on to do amazing things and the end of the movie is him setting up as a team with them being like yeah i'll find you new jobs you can go out and keep saving people as if saving people is the thing we've seen them do and not brutal murder well i think so that's the saving people is the implication of what they do but we never actually really see that like in the the first setup they're trying to go they're told that they're going to go save a bunch of kidnapped girls which is great go save girls and then it's a betrayal and whatever so we're told that and then we're like from this conspiracy board we find out that Charlize theron has like been charging into battles and saving people who are stranded in them or whatever throughout 
history for several thousand years or whatever. But we don't actually see that. We only see this part of their story where they are kidnapped and tortured and kill a bunch of people and escape. So that's a little weak. But then it's also a question of like, do these people who they save go on to do great things because of Charlize Theron? Or is it luck of the draw and some of them happen to and so it's a random chance that if you save somebody they might... No, see, I thought it was implied that, like, she is fate, essentially. She is rescuing people, and there's a magical element to it, where because it's supposed to give her a reason to live. Like, we know she doesn't really give a fuck if she lives or dies by that point in the movie. She says it's all worthless, it's all pointless, nothing matters, she can't wait to die, everything is, like, terrible forever. No hints of, like, charm, no hints of anything and then you get this moment when he's like but actually the people you save go on to do amazing things and that's supposed to be her reason for continuing to fight and to like continue to live but the fact that she doesn't know that like it's six thousand years she's never noticed it's it's just super weird so you have that but then you also have niall who as we we started to say she's (laughs) she's like I don't want to be like this. I don't want to just kill people. I'm not okay with this. Even though she is a Marine who was in active yeah, duty. So there's, did there's murder that. a guy. Because- and, well, and like she says that, you know, he killed her and she killed him and she's pretty upset about it, but also upset about the coming back to life inexplicably sure. part. Um, so she, she says she doesn't really want to kill people and she's very upset by it and she's gonna leave and Charlize Theron is like, all right, I guess fair, you can go. Like, they are not holding her captive anymore. And so she leaves, but then on her way out she realizes that one of the team members has betrayed them and then she goes after them and she helps save them and in the process of saving them she no longer has any qualms about all the murders that they're doing. She immediately walks into a hallway, gets murdered, (laughs) waits for them to turn around and then shoots five guys. They're one move. <laughs> she learned it real fast from them. She went from, wait, what's happening to, no, I get it. I walk in, I get murdered, then I get up off the floor, which is an odd, it's just such a strange tactic. <laughs> I mean, when we realized that that was the only move and they were going to keep that doing just it, their go-to. it did get kind of funny. Not on purpose. Not even a little bit on purpose. So, like, the fact that there's no return to her feeling weird ways about killing them or she doesn't even have a real moment of like oh maybe i can handle killing these people because we're gonna also save people it's or whatever it just feels like a thing they threw in to make her leave and then she comes back but it's not actually about the morality of why she wanted to leave they also establish her as a character of faith like she she wears a cross she says she does believe in god she says this must be part of god's plan there's like a whole scene about it where charlie's is like nah, nothing means anything go to hell like doesn't matter and then she also has this, like, oh, this is my family, and I miss them, and I love them, and, you know, I, I believe that this is all for whatever. And then at the end, when she becomes, like, a killing machine member of the team, that all goes away, and part of the end scene, the, like, final image, is her being like, yeah, I've arranged to have my family think I was killed in combat. So, like, the end. It's it's just very flippant and odd. Like, why set her up as this type of character if you're not going to pay it off later? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we had some, uh, here's the thing. People are getting a lot of stuff out of this. Like, if the idea of immortal lovers, especially immortal gay lovers who murdered each other a whole bunch in the Crusades and then came back to life every time and continued their eternal quest for revenge until they be- fell in love, sounds beautiful to you, you might enjoy the fic that's already being written, I am told, more than you would enjoy watching this actual movie. Because the movie doesn't really give them as much to do as fandom would imply. Again, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of an Arthur Eames situation where one line, I dream a little bigger, darling, launched 
a billion fics, some of which I have read and enjoyed, and that's great, but it was literally one line. So here they get maybe three or four lines, and you can imagine the fic is going to be insane. Yeah, and, like, people people are really enjoying it. There are people who like Dark and Gritty in a way that we do not, who are really liking this. I, like, yeah. I it's the sort of thing where I understand why people like it, but it didn't work for me, and I think there were actual things it could have done better, and then there were things oh. that just weren't for me. Just real fast, none of the betrayals made any sense. No, none of them. Nor did the bad guy's plan make any sense. No. Like, if you think about it for 45 seconds, you're like, wait... But he's mad that his wife died, so upset that his wife died that he would condemn all these people to endless torture, and then they begin to murder people, and he's like, yeah, that's fine, as long as, it doesn't make any sense. It just does not make any sense. The idea of an evil pharma bro makes perfect sense. Yeah, like, the best concept in the movie for me was that the bad guy was clearly playing off Martin Shkreli, who, (laughs) like, as somebody who worked in HIV, is one of the most loathsome people on the planet. He's, he's quite bad, and so having a CEO pharma bro as your villain and showing, like, hey, pharma is bad, actually. Like, that's an interesting idea. But the movie... It, it wasn't for... Like I said, I think there were some things that were actual flaws that could have been fixed, and then there were some things that just weren't for me, but that's why I landed on neutral on it, whereas Rachel, understandably, really disliked it. Yeah, it was, it was actively... Not my tropes. Like, two women having a fight where they get bloody is not enough for me to find the scene sexy. And it is for some people. And I totally get that. And if that's your trope, have a great time. But, like, I... So I don't wish I hadn't watched it because I wouldn't necessarily have believed, like, if if my friends had been like, Oh, yeah, we all love it and we can't wait to write fic about it and it's so amazing. You won't like it. (laughs) I would have felt a little insulted it's true that i don't like it even though it would have been accurate it would have been accurate but i don't love that like oh we're all gonna have a really good time playing you wouldn't enjoy this like feeling and so i'm glad that i watched it i don't ever need to think about it again yeah fair um okay so that so that's the old guard again if it sounds like your tropes it's probably worth watching i think that it's it's fine for what it is and there are people for whom it hits a lot of notes that they really like and really care about and so if that sounds like your jam probably it will be your jam yeah just not ours meanwhile palm springs oh boy which we were i was supposed to be watching with a friend and we were going to be texting as we watched it and about 10 15 minutes in i just stopped texting her back because i had put my phone down to watch the movie with my full attention i fully didn't play a single phone game after like the first 10 minutes when you get to like the inciting incident i was like oh and then I just watched the rest of the movie all the yeah, way through. we didn't make snarky comments. We didn't make little jokes. We just fucking watched a full movie with our whole attention. So, so like, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that we really, <laughs> we enjoy rom-coms. And we've watched a lot of Netflix rom-coms. Most Netflix rom-coms are somewhere between fun and incoherent. But they're like B-movies. They're, they're, like, they're like, they're B-movies. Um, and they feel like Hallmark Christmas specials because that's about the level of production that they are. This is not that. This no. feels like a, a full they, movie you would pay money to go see in a theater that happens to be on Hulu. They had clearly had a cinematographer because yeah. there are shots, especially of the pool and yeah. of the two of them floating in the pool, where the colors are so carefully chosen and the framing shots are so beautifully done that it's 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 like watching Steven Soderbergh, right? Like it's it's whoever the cinematographer was on this did a fucking phenomenal job of making this movie that takes place entirely in a hotel look 
amazing. Yeah, it, it looks amazing. The cast is fantastic. Is Andy Samberg hot or am I just Jewish? You know, I think <laughs> both of those things are true. He's so hot. He's he's really quite hot. He's so charmingly, like, not a, not everyone can pull off I'm an asshole and I'm charming and he really can. Well, so, so like, so there's no way to not compare this to Groundhog's Day because it's a time loop movie. But, but when you think about Bill Murray, right. like, Bill Murray is a very 80s character in everything he plays because he is a specific kind of charming, sleazy asshole. Right. Whereas Andy Samberg leaves out the sleaze. Right. And so he's a charming, doofy asshole. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so great. much more fun. It's so good. It's so good. And also, okay. he's not even that big an asshole. <laughs> so I'm not going to spoil everything because this movie is truly tremendous and you should watch it. But essentially, it is a weekend. It is a wedding happening in Palm Springs. Um, Andy Samberg wakes up. His girlfriend wants to have sex with him. He seems weirdly a little over it. Uh, you go through the whole day. He has some dialogue that kind of lets you know this might be a time loop kind of a thing where somebody's like, how's your day? And he's like, just won't end or whatever it is. You get to the wedding. Uh, the bride's sister, uh, Christine Milioti, our, our main character, uh, Sarah, has a lot of trouble giving her speech. She's super nervous. Andy Samberg, wearing, like, swim trunks and a tropical t-shirt, breezes into the wedding, gives the perfect speech, wows everybody, and manages to, like, talk Sarah into hanging out with him after the wedding, where they, like, seem like they're gonna hook up. And then she's like, well, what, don't you have a girlfriend? And he's like, no, check this out. And his girlfriend is having sex with the best man, like, right behind them in another building. And uh, Sarah's like, oh, okay, great. So then they start making out. And then, they, like, they, they go a little bit away into the desert. Yeah, to, to like, privacy. make out. And then this crazy man with a, with a bow and arrow <laughs> shoots Andy Samberg, Nile. Who, who is not surprised by this at all. Yeah, they just yell, like, you again, you'll never escape. And then he, like, chases Nile into a cave, and Sarah is understandably like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, follows them, even though Andy Samberg very clearly says, do not follow me into this cave. And she does, and when she wakes up, it's the morning of the wedding, and everything happens again. And what's great is, uh, because it's a known thing, you don't need a ton of establishing, right? She goes to him, she's like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, it's one of those time loop situations? Maybe you've heard of them. And she's like, I have not. And she does all the things real fast. So within like the first 20 minutes of the movie, she's already tried, you know, escaping, driving as far as she can, taking drugs, killing herself. None of it works. So she just comes and, back. And Andy Samberg says repeatedly, he's like, don't do things where you die horribly because yes, you will wake up tomorrow, but dying in the ICU is incredibly painful. Yeah. Don't do it. I did it a lot. Right. So he's just sort of like jaded and over it. And eventually she's like, okay, how long have you been stuck in this time loop? And he's like, I have no idea. I don't even remember what my job was before I got here. And she asks, so how many times have we hooked up? And he's like, no, no, that's never happened before. This is, you know, it's a new time loop. So she becomes comfortable in the time loop. They go through an incredibly charming montage of the two of them doing every shitty, stupid thing they can think of together, busting into dance parties, wearing weird outfits, irritating everybody around them, destroying the wedding this way, destroying the wedding that way. She's eventually like, I'm going to be a good person and that will get me out of the time loop. And she tries something and it does nothing. She's still in the time loop and then she becomes kind of a nihilist. And maybe that's why his name is Niles. Is Could it because be. he's a nihilist? Could be. Listen, there is a joke about, uh, not the Maginot line, there is a joke about, oh shit, it's it's some uh, World War II offensive attack. I'm going to have to look it up now because it's really going to bug me. 
Um, you find out that the guy who shot him is a guy that Niles did a bunch of drugs with when he first got stuck in the time loop and accidentally dragged into the time loop, and that guy's so upset uh, that he just comes by and murders Niles every now and then. <laughs> and she's like, you have to go talk to him. You have to talk through all of your issues with him so he'll stop trying to murder you. The Schlieffen plan. There's this character who almost no one has a last name on this IMDb list, but this one character does, and it's because they're like, what's your Schlieffen plan? And the Schlieffen plan is a thing from World War II. I, I believe this to be true i believe this to be a joke just for me yes i think it is uh, and andy sandberg's like no i'm not gonna deal with that crazy guy like whatever he's, right he's fine and they they go through the whole thing and you see them you know become very fond of each other and they kind of fall in love and it's incredibly gripping and it's incredibly well done and you really really feel for both of the characters and then uh you find out that uh he super duper lied they hooked up hundreds of times and he never told her and it feels like such a betrayal which is really interesting because that was what bill murray was doing all the way through groundhog day was trying to get andy mcdowell to kiss him and she never knew what was happening. And even at the end of the movie, she didn't know that, like, he had lived this day for 10,000 years or whatever the estimation was. But in this movie, Sarah is, is, is a character and she grows and changes with the movie. And when she realizes that he sort of took advantage of her in this way where he could interrogate her without her ever remembering it, she's really fucking upset and she leaves. There's also a big reveal, which I won't get into, that works really well. We've seen her wake up at the beginning of the yep. day a few times, and they pull back and give you some, some more context around why she was having such a shitty day the first time yeah. that this happened, which is, it, it was a really well done. It's really well done. So in the end, um, so she, after, she tries to figure out a way to get out, but it's risky. And Niles is sort of like, I'm not willing to take this risk. I know I know this day. I live here. I'm comfortable here. And she basically says, then I'm leaving you here. I, I can't live like this. I have to move on with my life. And he has to decide what to do. It's incredibly compelling. It's really funny. It's really character driven. You 100% understand why she's like, no, I don't. Basically, her plan will either work or she'll die for real. And you understand why she's like, you know what? I'm willing to take the risk of dying for real if, because I to get out of this shitty time hole. And I love that it wasn't just be a good person and then yeah. you'll be free. No, she has to learn about astrophysics. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it like takes work and dedication and a long, 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 long time. And Andy Samberg's just been fucking around this whole time. Like he could have done what she does, but he doesn't. He never would have. And, and you understand why he's like, no, why don't you just stay here in this time loop with me forever? We are in love. This is great. We can just stay here and be safe and the same forever. And you get why. And it's a really nice, metaphor is the wrong word, but like a guy who's willing to just keep things exactly the way they are, even though they're kind of terrible, and a woman who won't settle for that. She's going to move on with her life, with him or without him. Yeah, you'll be surprised to hear that they end up together at the end. It's a rom-com. It's beautiful. It's beautifully it's done. It's so well done. And it's really funny. It's... It's really funny. Somebody watched Groundhog Day and was like, wow, that movie has a lot of fucking problems. I'm yeah, going to fix so, them. Somebody did what we do and watched it and was like, hey, <laughs> I have some notes. <laughs> and it's great. Like, the reason that they break up makes so much sense. There's been a tweet going around romance Twitter in the last few days that's basically like, hey, romance writers, maybe don't do the Act 3 breakup. I'm tired of the Act 3 breakup. It's it's trite. It's over. And a lot of uh, romance writers are like, no, but here's why. The thing about the Act two or act three breakup is it doesn't always feel earned sometimes it's like well we've reached the point in the story where they have to have a disagreement there has to be a misunderstanding and instead this is like super character driven and it's re comes from a really 
clear place for both of them, why they both do the things they do. Well, like, a lot of, not just romance novels, but, like, a lot of things that have that, you know, second half of Act 2, Darkest Night, break up between the, the buddies or the couple or whatever, there's always a feeling that the writers don't want to make either of them do something that's actually bad, because that's really difficult. You have to grapple with a character who's actually done something wrong and figure out how to redeem them, or let both characters do something wrong and figure out how to redeem them both and bring them back together. And that's, like, really, really complicated. And this movie is not afraid to be like, hey, that thing Andy Samberg did, where he learned everything about her and how to perfectly seduce her and had sex with her a bunch of times and then didn't tell her when she specifically asked, that was not okay. None of that was okay. And he has a bunch of lines throughout where he's like, hey, don't do that, don't treat people like that, because you're, even though we're gonna live here forever in this time loop, you still have to live with the things you did. Mm -hmm. And then once that's revealed, when he says you have to live with the things you did, you understand it. He has also been grappling with understanding that the thing he did is real fucked up. Yeah, and she has done something terrible, and she did it outside of the time loop, so she can never go back and fix it. She has to live with that. And so both of them have done a bad thing, not necessarily to each other, but both of them have done things with consequences, and both of them have to, like, grapple with how to become a new person he is not necessarily willing to become a new person and she is and it makes for a super compelling interesting tightly written beautifully plotted funny charismatic rewatchable rom-com where i was just like oh shit this is like my top five rom-coms this is it's so good if she he gives a speech at the end, and you know how there's a speech at the end of a rom-com. He makes it funny, he makes it fresh, he makes it original, you get all choked up. It's a good speech. It's a really good Which speech. is great because the movie starts with him giving the perfect speech at the wedding, and that's just because he's done it a thousand billion times. Because he, he tells her later, like, anytime I did that speech for you so you didn't have to do it, we hooked up. That was all it took. Um, but at the end, he gives a really extemporaneous and terrible speech. And it's... and she's like, that was so terrible, honey. <laughs> I love you. Wow, no good. <laughs> and it's great. So just watch Palm Springs. Our notes are, go watch Palm Springs. It's, re- it's so worth it. It's on Hulu. It's really, it's funny. It's charming. The cast is great. We didn't even get into, like, the, the crazy guy who they... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I mentioned him. He like he he comes back a couple times. There's a really nice semi resolution with him. Like it's a movie where it sets things up and pays them off really well. Where everything that happens is driven by character. Where the bad choices they make have actual consequences. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, so good. It's it's so well written. It's so well written, and then it's also well acted and and well well filmed. Well filmed. It looks beautiful. Like whoever the cinematographer is, I'm sure has done other amazing things because that just just looks beautiful okay becky i think we should try and do our wrecks fast because we do have a tendency to ramble on during the wrecks period okay um just a feeling i have feel free to ramble i guess (laughs) so i will so as mentioned uh at the top of this podcast i have been doing nothing but playing phoenix Wright games um i rachel played them a couple years ago and she was like you should play these and i finally did and it turns out that i love these extremely silly gay lawyers like i love them so much yeah um, so recommend them all. I'm in the midst of the sixth game right now, and then I only have some side games left, and I'm kind of sad that I will finish the series because I love them. My friends. They're, they're my friends. When Becky started playing it, I made this noise. I was like, oh, and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, you're gonna hang out with my friends. <laughs> and that's how it feels. And it's got really deep lore and really... 
I kept Good yelling, world building? there's deep lore at Becky all through the first game, and she was like, what are you talking about? Because it's just a game where you're in a courtroom and you yell, objection! There's so much lore. There's a, lot of, there's a surprising amount of lore and romance and, like, friendship and character building. It's really wonderful. Um, it's available on every platform, at yeah, least the first it's, three games. It's, I got it on Switch, but it's also available, like, for iPad. It's you also can get available it on anything. Steam. Yeah. So there's no system you couldn't be playing Phoenix Wright. Uh, I will say the first game can have a little, like, it's not always clear what you're supposed to do next or what you're supposed to object to, so don't be afraid to use a walkthrough. Um, so that's been most of my last few months. <laughs> um, but I will also say, um, if like me and like Rachel, you grew up reading the Babysitter's Club books for, which costs $2.50 each at Kmart, uh, from like 1989 through like five years ago or whenever the yeah. series finally ended, um, the Netflix Babysitter's Club series is so good. It's very true to the books in the ways that you would want it to be, but updates it without that feeling intrusive like they have cell phones and that makes sense even though they're still using a landline for the babysitters club like it's it's a whole thing that they explain in the first episode and it's really cute uh in the one where marianne is babysitting the kid who gets really sick and she has to like call 911 and they go to the hospital they tie that into the kid being trans and marianne's journey in that episode is not just learning how to be confident and call for emergency services it's learning how to stand up to the doctors who don't treat the little girl as a girl um it's it's updated in beautiful ways like that the cast is so cute and they're actually played by like 13 year old girls so they look like 13 year old girls and it's adorable uh and the adult cast features uh mark evan jackson as marianne's uptight ridiculous father in truly the greatest casting of all time yeah. like it's so good he's perfect at it it's just it's a charming happy show that you will watch and maybe cry and really enjoy if you were ever anybody who liked the babysitter's club awesome um i just play video games now school is out but god knows when school will start up again or what school will look like and i can't think about that or have any space in my brain to just like I don't I just listen to podcasts and play video games um the new paper Mario is super fun on switch I'm playing it very slowly um Mario games I'm bad at jumping luckily this is mostly a walking game <laughs> but there have been some sequences where I had to jump on things correctly and there's a boat sequence where you have to like not hit all the rocks I hit all the rocks I hit <laughs> so many rocks but it's a game for children uh it's super fun if you have a switch I recommend that and then I've been playing a JRPG I am four chapters out of seven chapters into it no I'm five chapters in now and it says I'm 11% done uh, the PlayStation says I'm 11% done, which is correct for JRPG, but let me tell you who's not going to be 100%ing this game. It's me! Uh, and it's your typical students at a, at a military school, and then they have friendship points you can spend to be friends with other kids, and then there's a spooky old schoolhouse in the backyard which you have to go fight monsters in every month, and then once a month you get a mission to go off somewhere and go kill monsters, and there's a overarching plot. It's really fun. It's called Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, the third one just came out for Switch. I played it. I was extremely confused by the uh, demo, and then I asked my friend, hey, do I need to play the games that came before this one? Because this is number three. And she was like, you need to play the 17 games that are only available in Japanese on PC. And I was like, okay, won't be doing that. But I could play the first game on PS4. And it's super fun. It's like one of the easiest and most engaging, easiest to get into and most engaging JRPGs I've ever played. So if you want to play a JRPG, Trails of Cold Steel is super fun. Okay. 
Um, I have a new sign-off. Okay. Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Hell yeah! And then let us also <laughs> defund the police. I love that. All right, these are the very important things. Uh, these are just the important things. It's good that these are the important things because I don't remember any of our. I mean, web you could go look us up on inter international in the interweb internet. I'm pretty sure we're Rachel and Becky Judge Yeah, and we have a Twitter, and I put up pictures of the cats on the Instagram. Sometimes you can figure it out. We we we. Chances are, you. if you're living li- listening, if you're to this. living here, you listen to this podcast. I mean, that is true. if you live here. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you already know. If you're not listening to this, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and if you I'm found... really enjoying where the sentence is going. <laughs> and if you found this somehow, I don't know how. So have fun. Uh, figure out where we are for yourselves. It's like a game. <laughs> okay. Arrest the cops who uh, killed Breonna Taylor. We love you. Bye. Defund the police. <laughs>